The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. You're tuned in to another episode of the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by Big Blue View and SB Nation. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Plum. We are your analysis team here on Big Blue View, your go-to source for New York Giants news analysis, you name it. Today's episode, we decided to discuss very important things going on within the football world, the landscape of players in the NFL opting out, as well as college football players opting out in more and more conferences punting to the spring each and every day. We are at the point where now it's pretty much all of the FCS and the MAC even an FBS conference has said that they will not play this fall. So that's a huge implication on the draft process that's going to affect the Giants who many expect to have a top 15 pick this upcoming year. We're going to hit on that the second half of the show. This show how uh, this first half of the show however, we want to discuss two more names that have opted out. We've already gone into full detail on what Nate Solder's decision to not play this season, how that affects who is going to start, who is going to play where. Now we have Sam Beal, cornerback for the Giants, and Damari Scott, wide receiver, opting out for this upcoming season. That's two guys in the mix, but not as big of an impact as Nate Solder will have. We did, however, talk about how Sam Beal was pretty much a lock to be that second corner opposite of James Bradbury. He showed some good flashes in his first year being fully healthy with the Giants, and now he decides not to play. That begs the question here, Chris, of who is going to be that second corner now? Is it automatically going to be Corey Ballantyne? Or, worth mentioning, another guy that is now in the mix that they signed is Ross Cockrell, a veteran corner who was previously with the Giants, and also with the Carolina Panthers last. So we're we're getting a veteran guy in here added to the mix. Who is going to be that second corner? Yeah, now I should just note that as we sit here, Cockrell hasn't officially signed yet. He is expected to sign with the Giants, but that's pending a COVID test. And, you know, everything that goes with that, I think they have to pass three consecutive ones before he can sign his contract. But it's expected he will sign. I would say that 
Sam Beal opting out definitely gives Corey Ballantyne a chance to get that second starting job. However, the the decision to bring in Ross Cockrell, a veteran, a guy who has played well in the NFL, he was brought in to help the Giants with cornerback depth concerns back in 2017. He was brought on by Jerry Reese. Uh, he left, went to play for Pittsburgh in 2018. Now, it looks like he's back. He played well the first time he he was here. That was a very pleasant surprise back then, which seems like it was so long ago. But I kind of get the feeling that assuming Cockrell does sign with the Giants, he will probably be first up to start across from James Bradbury. But Ballantyne will get his looks. And if he is able to take a step forward from what we saw last year, if he's able to put that athleticism to use, uh, show that he has stepped up his game, begun begun to really hone his craft as a cornerback. I think he does have a good chance, but he's probably going to have to beat out Cockrell. Right. Corey Ballantyne is going to look a lot better than he did last season. He's going to be competing for that spot, but the Giants went out and signed a veteran in Cockrell because they're probably not entirely confident that Corey Ballantyne can just step in and go out there and start. They at least want to have a fallback option, somebody who's been around. Maybe he uh, Cockrell does not have a, a huge chunk of snaps played, but at the very least, you're just adding somebody to the mix who can get out there, go and make plays, uh, do a decent quality job. They didn't go and sign any of the players that we were hoping, possibly bringing in Logan Ryan. The price tag was seemingly too high for them to do that, so Cockrell is the player replacing Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker after the extenuating circumstances. Other player that opted out was Damari Scott, wide receiver with the Giants, also considered to be a kick-returning threat for this group. He is not going to be playing this season. So now we have to wonder, does this help any of the receivers make the team? And what I see with this is there's not really much of an impact because I didn't consider Scott much of a favorite to make the roster, maybe one of the final spots to be in here uh, out of that receiver group. But what it does, Chris, is limit some of the competition for these undrafted free agent guys, that being Benjamin Victor, Austin Mack, and Derek Dillon. Yeah, if you think back to our breakdown of the wide receiver position, the Giants have a lot of young receivers on their roster. Now, we don't know exactly how many of them we would trust to start, or even play major roles in the offense, at least not this year. Getting Having a veteran not in that competition, it means more looks for the young guys, and especially more looks on special teams, which if any of them make the roster, that will be their path. And not just because Joe Judge is a special teams guy, but that's just how young, late-round UDFA receivers make rosters. They have to show their value on special teams, either... Uh, kick and punt coverage, maybe blocking for returns or as returners themselves. And special teams really was Damari Scott's, that kind of was his calling calling card. You know, he was never really a major threat as a receiver, but he could contribute on special teams. And if he made the roster, that's how he would have made them, made it as that sixth receiver, a guy you can have active on game day because of his contributions on special teams. Without him there, that gives these young guys more of a chance to make a positive impression, particularly on special teams. 
Right. It's really a case of Scott being a, a primarily special teamer for this Giants team. Now he's out of the mix. That opens the door for an undrafted free agent guy like Victor Mack or Dylan, who we're going to be competing more for a backup special teams role to have less competition. Now I see it really as a competition between Victor, Mack, and Dylan. There's not as many heads in this race with Scott deciding to pull out and not be a part of it. Chris, I want to wrap up today's show with talking about how college football in their sphere is impacting things for this upcoming next offseason for the New York Giants. Before we get into that, though, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. If you've been following along with college football, not just at the Power 5 level, we've seen a lot of conferences decide to shut down at the Division 1 level. For Division 2 and Division 3, they have pretty much completely shut down and put put off their championships for this upcoming fall. In addition to that, at the FCS level, we've seen major conferences like the CAA, which has Villanova, Delaware, James Madison, the Missouri Valley Football Conference that has North Dakota State. North Dakota State has two players who some consider to be first-rounders, Trey Lance and Dylan Radins, the offensive tackle. Also, the Big Sky All of the bigger conferences at the FCS level have decided to push to the spring, meaning pretty much all of the FCS conferences will do so eventually because there's not enough competition out there for the other conferences to really stay and play for a playoff that is only going to have X amount of teams, a small minimal, minimal amount of teams competing for it. That then followed with this past week on Friday, or actually I believe it was on Saturday, that the MAC decided to move to the spring as well. So that was the first FBS conference. They're missing out on getting these pay-to-play games, getting that paycheck. 
that they're not going to have that additional money. So it's not worth trying to overspend in protecting players if they can't have the available funds to do so. So they're going to wait until the spring. We could see more Power 5 conferences disappearing as well. So a lot of players and NFL prospects are not going to be playing this upcoming season. Guys that could be considered day three guys, day two guys. But what makes this whole thing more complicated is the players that are big names that have top 15 draft stocks that have opted out of the upcoming season. Most notably, Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech, Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State, Greg Rousseau from Miami, the edge rusher, and Rondell Moore, wide receiver from Purdue. All of those guys are draft prospects that the Giants should be paying attention to. All four of them fill positions of need. All four of them have um, very, very good talent to be selected in the top 15, where the Giants, more likely than not, will be selecting. So now these guys don't have a year of tape. They don't have this upcoming season, third year of tape, to evaluate. So that adds more complication. So Chris, just from all the stuff that I've laid out there, how do you think this is really going to hurt and maybe uh, affect the Giants' ability to scout? It is going to make things very difficult. And you could also add Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota, that, to that list as well. He has opted out, and he is probably going to be a top five receiver, or at least right now he's considered a top five in this draft class. And you know, having guys at the top it, opt out, miss that year of tape, on one hand, you can treat it almost like they suffered a season-ending injury in camp or something like that, or very early on, where you're you're just not going to have that tape. So you have to go back to their 2018-2019 tape, and you aren't going to get to see what kind of prospect they are at the moment of the draft. So you aren't going to get to see that extra year of development. Uh yeah, some of these guys are really top prospects. I would say uh, Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh, Rousseau from Miami, Parsons from Penn State, and Fairley from Virginia Tech, all the defenders. Each one is probably top two or top three at their position group, with the exception of Parsons, who is pretty much easily the best linebacker in this draft and might be the best traditional linebacker we've seen come out since Luke Keekley. Yeah, he's he could be that good. So not having that tape, it, it's going to make things more difficult. You can obviously see the traits on tape. I've been watching them, making some preliminary notes on them, and yeah, they definitely look the part of NFL first round, top half of the first round prospects. But not being able to see that development, it adds a layer of uncertainty and scouts decision makers hate uncertainty because if they get it wrong they get fired it's their job on the line so they want to be as sure as they can which is what leads to a lot of the over analysis we see come draft time but that all of this could wind up driving their draft stock down a little bit Really, we will have to wait and see. It will definitely, I think, make uh, the draft process workouts just that much more important. 
I think that's the big key. I believe now that these guys are no longer going to be with their programs, they're probably going to sign with agents and start an obnoxiously long draft prep process of training and getting in, getting in good shape. So they're going to have that advantage over some guys that are deciding to stay. What I see with the big-name players opting out is there is going to be a lot of emphasis on the combine and pro days. We're assuming and hoping that things are maybe not back to normal, but looking better in March and February so that these events actually get taken place. So there is going to be a big emphasis on seeing how those guys look without being able to suit up for a period of time. How do they test physically? How do they look physically? Do they still move the same like they're going to be a football player? That is going to be the the big, big, big thing with these t- with these guys at these big programs that are deciding to leave. Scouts are going to put a lot of emphasis on grades on these pro days and also from preliminary tape just based on what their traits are. It's not going to be finalized tape. It's going to be trait-based tape as sophomores for some of these players. These guys are not all seniors that are declaring. Some of these guys have very minimal tape to really put out there as draft prospects. But Chris, the one thing that I'm a little bit perplexed by is the conference is choosing to move to the spring. What does that then mean for anybody who is draftable? I I talked about how we're already getting, uh, before the show, how we're getting a lot of transfers from these FCS programs. Most notably, Spencer Brown from UNI decided to leave, and he is entering the transfer portal. Some thought he could be a day two even a day one pick because he's such an enormous offensive tackle. Same thing for Ellerson Smith from UNI, uh, Chinga Hodge from Villanova, Paul Graton from Villanova is heading to UCLA. Some are speculating that Trey Lance, a possible top five pick, could transfer or do what some of these other guys have done by uh, deciding that they are not going to play this upcoming season and start doing their draft prep. So I almost now wonder, are we going to be in a situation where these guys that have to play in the spring, are they going to play four games and then say, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go sign with my agent. I'm out because if I play the rest of the season, I might not get drafted. I can't do the interviews. I can't go to the combine. I can't go to my pro day. Is that is that what we're going to be getting with, with this draft process? That could be what we wind up getting. We could also see the NFL and the NCAA particularly with the FCS level, you know, if they play in the spring, we could wind up seeing a, a radical solution come up and perhaps have a second draft or see a bunch of these guys, you know, go through, play their seasons and then declare for the supplemental draft. And I think that is a very interesting solution to this problem where basically get a second draft season after the FBS draft and you get the NFL go through the draft process again and then just have a separate draft for the FCS level, basically spring football, because I have heard at least speculation that the FCS could make this move to playing in the spring a permanent thing, which honestly, I actually kind of like because that's... There's a lot of good football played at the F in the FCS and allowing them to play in what's basically a sports drought would get them a ton of national exposure that they just don't get 
in the shadow of teams like Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Penn State, Stanford, USC, you know, the power five casts a huge shadow and the FCS gets ignored. And I'd like to see them get more exposure. As you can tell, there is uh, really just so much that um, that is being impacted by this year's draft class. There's going to be a lot of serious issues with properly evaluating these guys. And this is just the, the, the cusp of it, where we're not entirely sure what's going to happen with the Power Five. Do they play or do they not play? More and more teams are deciding to say, hey, we're not going to do this UConn being one of them. I believe Colorado State shut down for a period of time due to some serious program and structural issues. It is really impacting how things are going to be evaluated for this upcoming year. So we're going to provide some additional updates if things change, just to talk about the draft uh, here and there whenever we can, possibly throughout the season, not as often as every single week, but whenever there's something that requires some updating, we will do so. That's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to go follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII and follow our main page at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Also go to BigBlueView.com for your up-to-date news on the New York Giants.